1: And welcome back to another episode of the Dog Man Interns. I'm Jack McCauley. Of course, that's Lucas Munger based out of the Phoenix, Arizona area. And we're back with another position breakdown. This time talking about the wide receivers of the University of Washington. But first, we have to do our daily Luke
2: check-in. Luke, how how are we doing this fine night? Dude, we're doing good. Jack and I have been on the horn for about an hour now. (laughs) We're (laughs) not off an M's win. Um, So yeah, can't complain about life down here. How are you? doing? I'll say this. What was that? No, you go. I was just... I
1: was going to
2: say, the interns have taken an official professional step forward as I sent the link to Jack's uh, smartsheet.com email. So anyone out there trying to buy... Like project management, SaaS tools, you know. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm your guy. I'm your guy, especially if you work for a certain number of organizations, you know, Banner Health maybe um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, or Foot Locker. Maybe? Uh, but anyways, I'm just uh, toasty in this in my room right now. I don't have any AC in my house and it wasn't mm-hmm. even that hot of a day today. It was like 78 degrees just to, or 77 yep. degrees, beautiful Seattle whether I'm as I'm looking at the fan temperature here, that's in my room. It somehow up to eighty three. Wow! Uh, so I'm uh, I'm in I'm in a sauna for this podcast, uh, sweating Love off some sweating that. off some calories. That's what we're doing. Love um, that. Talking about the wide receivers, not working as hard as they will be uh, this year no. in the off season. But the Washington Huskies wide receivers, an explosive group, probably the best group of wide receivers in the history of the program even better somehow than a Dante Pettis, John Ross group. You would and it from a talent and depth wise. It, it, it might just be better. Um, Romo D- Dunsey leaves the way. Then you got Jalen McMillan, Jalen Polk, Denzel Boston, Jeremy Bernard, Giles Jackson. They are all in the room as well. Um, but there are also been some departures, junior Alexander, and then you got Jabez Tene, both Kennedy, Kennedy Catholic products, and then uh, Savior and Hero Taj Davis. Uh, with departure wise, you know, I guess just a quick recap on these guys, Luke. Anything to say on what you think they, you know, is missing from them, or do you feel like it's just more of an addition by subtraction with guys that you know were brought in, in Jeremy Bernard, and then also
2: carving out a more of a role for a guy like Denzel Boston? Certainly. Well, of course, I'll start with the local guys uh jabez tinai and Liniat alexander um obviously it's a bummer to lose local kids um both four-star recruits if i remember correctly um obviously wishing them the best in their careers after this ne- neither of them had really broken into consistent playing time um and with washington re- returning as much production as they did um and also adding some depth I, I feel confident about where the room stands. Nevertheless, it, it doesn't take away from the fact that I think uh, Jabez and Linata are talented guys, and obviously you'd love to see local guys succeed at the University of Washington, and I'm sure they'll find success where yeah. they go next. Taj Davis, like you mentioned, he was a guy who uh, was a solid contributor for the Dogs, and is uh, the owner of Maybe my favorite play in Husky football history. <laughs>
1: I, I, I remember being there for that. And I I was speechless because, first of all, a 70-yard play on a third and long, that doesn't happen too often, especially with two minutes left to play. And then also, by the way the game was going, where it was just this whole second half was back and forth, back and forth. You're just, you're just thinking to yourself, did we give them too much time? Uh, what's going on? Did we give them too much time? That was – so fast but nonetheless uh the oregon fans around us were pretty silent <laughs> <And> <laughs> down down to washington playing from the band literally across the aisle
2: it's pretty sick to hear too yeah Oh, well, sometimes i have tony uh i have a clip of tony's radio call saved on my phone and i'll listen to it on runs sometimes just to feel something and i just love that i love the oh, go ahead
1: I've, I've I've gone back on Spotify and listened to that. one uh, it's
2: so good! I, I think the greatest, one of the greatest calls of all time is just his fifteenth catch of the year in the biggest catch of his life. So good, dude. Uh, it was, it was good. But yeah. I think, nonetheless, I think you
1: hit the head, nail on the head there with uh, those three guys. I think Taj Davis is definitely going to hurt from a depth perspective, just because he he's. Is, he's an off the bus guy. He's a guy that is extremely imposing to look at, and he's a big play threat as well. And I think as a, you know, with experience, he's a guy definitely you're going to miss. But on the other hand, I do think that it's important for Washington to get more uh, snaps. In my opinion, for Jeremy Bernard and Denzel Boston, both of which I guess on the, the come up in the future, these are two of the more, I, you probably would say, the future of the room. Luke, what do you like about each of them? Jeremy, obviously, long road to Washington. Committed, flipped his commitment to Michigan State. Went to Michigan State. Played his third game of his college career at Husky Stadium to only transfer back that offseason to Husky Stadium. He's just had Washington around him the last yeah. few years. And then Denzel Boston was really not a highly recruited guy at all. Coming onto campus, I don't think many Husky fans even knew who he was out of Emerald Ridge and Puyallup. But what coaches are saying is he's him. He's going to be up next. Dude, love
2: that. Yeah, I mean, you said off the best team for Taj Davis. Uh, Denzel Boston is a physically imposing kid. I'm really excited about Denzel Boston. Uh, he's a guy who scored his first touchdown for the Huskies last year. It was on the ground. That was Portland State. Did I make that up? Yeah, yeah, Portland State. And uh, if I recall correctly, he felt he got uh, interfered with on a target to the end zone on the play before he got an end around and he found the offender of that crime and then just pile drove him into the ground and continued to do it after the play. Um, And just that tenacity and chip on your shoulder, combined with the size and a local kid, really excited about Denzel Boston. Like you said, I think there will be – some snaps and receptions and touches freed up for him. I think Taj had 21 receptions last year. Um, but that's just 21 to go around for him and Jeremy Bernard, and not to mention what you're returning. Yeah, <laughs> and I I, note- maybe a dumb question, but do the Huskies have some talent returning in the receiver room? <laughs> None at all. I think I could go out and start
1: actually. Um, no, but they have talent all over the field. And I think Denzel Boston, something to note with him too, is like normally you're looking at a guy progressing from year 1 to year 2 just like oh technique you know he's got the playbook under his belt too and then obviously improving a little bit physically but no Denzel Boston has grown from 63 to 65 and is uh 190 was once 193 and now is probably sitting around 207 to 210 uh, he is gotten he's really filled out and that frame is gigantic Jeremy Bernard I personally am stoked for this kid. I think he is so dynamic, and Michigan State used him in all the wrong ways last year. They really went to him early in the season, and then for some reason, they just didn't go back. Obviously, there was some talent in the receiving room there with Keon Coleman, who's now headed mm-hmm. to Florida State, but none of this kid's dynamic, and to be able to go out and start day one on a, on a Big Ten football team is impressive in itself. Uh, this guy is ex- going to be extremely valuable in the return game, and I'd be shocked. I'd be I'd, I'd be seriously shocked if he's not the guy opening up. who's receiving, you know, when you just hear that dun 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 dun, dun and he's back there ready to. Receive. That's who I think is going to be back there, and and I think as a depth piece to the receiving end, to back up both the Jalen's and then Rome, he's going to be awesome. I it, it, it's seriously crazy to believe that there are five legitimate guys on this team that could, could start at a lot of power five schools. Start on a lot of power five schools. Not, not only saying power five schools, but a lot of probably bowl, like bowl eligible teams or like mm-hmm. elite schools too. Like I think any, almost any of these guys can go and start from their day one, day one, seriously. Um, kind of as we wrap up talks about them, Couple other guys to note Washington did bring in a pretty deep freshman class um, in receivers <laughs> in two four stars in Rashid Williams out of Pittsburgh High School. If that name sounds familiar, that's because it is. Jacob Bandis is an uh, alumni of there as well. Then Tayshawn Lyons from Hayward, California. And then you have Keith Reynolds. Uh, he's a smaller guy, he'll be lined up in the slot. All three true freshmen. Luke, I guess. From what you know about them, what do you think about bringing them into the fold? Obviously, there's going to be legit no pressure on them, and you're probably going to see at least two of them redshirt. Um, but I guess that kind of to that point as well. Which one do you think could get some snaps in this year?
2: And uh, which one? Which one are you? Which one are you liking? Man, yeah, it's really tough to say who you could see getting snaps early on because there's just so much talent in the room. I do think, like you mentioned, a lot of highly heralded prospects, a variety of size and frames. I I think the Huskies are stocking up well for the future. Um, I don't know why I think it's growing up with like the Marvin Hall and Jadon Mickens of the world as my high school receivers, but I'm, I'm always drawn to a great slot receiver, so I'm excited to see Keith Reynolds. Again, I'm thinking that no disrespect to Keith, and if he breaks onto the field in 2023, that's awesome. But I think it's an uphill battle, and like you said, I think it's a good opportunity to learn from a few guys that'll be playing in the NFL one day. Um, for those guys, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they'll have some good, some good teach me tape from these guys that are playing ahead of them. <laughs> I think
1: this is just how amped up I am for Husky football. I'm not gonna lie, two days ago at work, I was scouring through the YouTube rabbit hole and was watching 10 minutes of Jadon Mickens' Legion of Zoom highlights. <laughs> Legion of Zoom, dude. I'm, 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 not, I'm not kidding you. It just, it just was browsing through that. But anyways, I think if I had to pick one guy that could get some serious tick this year from freshman, uh, I think it'd probably be similar to like what Denzel Boston did last year, be in about four games. Probably, probably Brother, keep it yeah, five, maybe five, depending on injuries. I think it's Tayshon Lyons. I just think he's more advanced in his route running capabilities mm-hmm. than Rashid Williams, um, or uh, Rasheed Williams or Keith Reynolds. I think Keith Reynolds needs to put on a little bit more mm-hmm. weight. Uh, obviously, his speed is ridiculous, um, which could get him on the field alone. But I think they're, you know, I think they have enough depth for guys that are pretty shifty and whatnot to, and to get him on the field. But uh, Tayshon's a guy who. Um, is an extremely good route runner. His great hands. I think you can get him on the field quick too. I Rashid's just right behind him though. Rashid's good. I think, but I think all three of these guys have a legitimate chance to be extremely dynamic when their time comes in the receiver room. Obviously, this year's probably not going to be it with what's ahead of them. But any other year, you probably would have seen one or two out there. But for now, let's get into the starters, the guys that you, you know, the three household names amongst Washington Husky football fans, um, and that's Romo Dunsey, Jalen McMillan, and Jalen Polk. First, of, first starting with Romo Dunsey, the, the most highly touted amongst the two. A lot of different services have him rated as the second best receiver in the nation, only behind Marvin Harrison. And honestly, if it was any other year, he might be number one competing with Emeka Agbuka, the other Ohio State receiver but this guy is a stud and the moment he stepped on campus i think a lot of people knew that but last year really really broke out his junior or his, his uh, redshirt freshman year he, he he only had 415 yards but i think that was more of the playbook limiting him rather than his skill set and last year in this offense he exploded for 1145 yards which is absolutely ridiculous on 75 catches averaging 15 yards a carry Luke, what do you expect from Rome this year? Obviously, I guess everybody, you know, as you get older in college football, everybody expects a jump. What kind of jump do you think Rome can can make? Where do you think his
2: biggest improvements will be? Gosh, you know, it's just talking about the season that Roma Dunze had last year. Not only did he mention that he had over 1,100 yards, he also didn't play a game. And he also only had 48 yards on three receptions against Michigan State early in the season in a game where he, uh, I think... I can't remember if that preceded or came right after him missing Portland State. But regardless, this is a guy who began conference play with 161, 116 115, 169, and then had after only 63 against Cal, another hundred yard receiving game in the sideways rain against Oregon State, <laughs> which is a great defense, by the way. Roma Dunze, it's hard to overstate how like what Roma Dunze brings to the table. First of all, there's rumors of him clocking in the four three range for the forty, which is insane. He's a physical specimen at six three, probably two ten without looking at the roster. Um, there were just that uh, the strength staff just tweeted out the pictures of body transformations, and Roma Dunze uh, was one of the pictures that they took. He, he's uh, an incredibly physically impressive person. He's fast. He can get behind defenses. Uh, He also can be used. I think one thing that's very underrated about Romadunze is you think about a guy of that size and speed, and it's just like, oh, we're just going to target him downfield, jump balls, things like that. He's also used a lot as an extension of the run game. They'll target him on screens. He's great after the catch. Um, There's almost – like, I don't know. There's very few things on the football field that Romadunze can't do as a receiver. It's very hard to nitpick.
1: Yeah. If I had to pick one, I'd say I felt like there were times – it might not have been a lot. I don't know the truth the stats on this, but I felt like there were times where he dropped a couple critical balls. But outside of that, it's uh, where do you look because yeah. he's walking in that speed and this route running is there were some, you know the, the his stop and go route that he pulled against UCLA and Wazoo were
2: oh my gosh I don't yeah. know
1: how if, if if you're lining up if you're lining up ten yards behind him and you're you're in coverage. What do you do, like when when a guy like that comes at you? Because he can he can catch it in a slant and be able to b- break away for serious yards. He can he's an obvious deep threat, and then he can go he can go up and get get the jump ball, and he can clearly move the sticks. He can do anything you want in the outside and an outside right wide receiver that's running from sideline to sideline, and and more, and yeah. the, they're obviously going to use him all over the field this year. Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you when you have a weapon like that, who's a first round talent, probably. I mean, he's probably going to get drafted in the first round this next year. So for Michael Penix to have him back is obviously massive. And I think every single Husky fan, it's it's without honestly explaining how big of an yeah. impact this guy's going to have. And then, and then you got Jalen McMillan, the California Fresno native. Another guy, I mean, obviously when he came into the – when he came into the program, Washington was able to beat out Oklahoma another and a couple other big power schools like Alabama and Notre Dame for his services. Everybody had massive expectations on Jalen McMillan. He's probably one of the more well-known blue-chip recruits that Washington's been able to have. And seriously, probably outside of Sam Heward, has probably had the highest expectations of anyone either. And I think after last year am- amassing over 1,000 yards – has certainly done it. He's a breakaway burner kind of guy in the slot. Luke, kind of going back piggybacking off Rome. What do you th- What do you think Jalen McMillan's going to bring to the table this year? Especially after already having three seasons within the program.
2: Jalen McMillan is an awesome compliment to Roma Dunze. First of all, lining up in the slot like it's awesome to have a, a, a true dynamic slot option. He's not just a jittery speed guy. I mean, he is very fast, but he has, like, a versatile skill set. I think what stands out to me most about Jalen McMillan, looking at his season last year, he had five or more catches in ten games. Like, he's a guy that you can rely upon to move the sticks. He's going to get you somewhere between five and nine receptions every single Saturday. Um, And what I love about Jalen McMillan, this is one of those football cliches, but I think back to the Oregon game um early in his career it felt like he had some dropsy issues he kind of developed this like my ball mentality and he plays with a real chip on his shoulder which which, I really appreciate I love that about Jalen McMillan
1: especially as a highly you know regarded team where it's like you come off an 11-2 season against a big bowl win over a program like Texas it can be easy to kind of especially off of a big season that you just have you're getting a lot of national recognition and making it a, a gigantic leap from your sophomore to junior year. Um, it can be easy to be full of yourself, mm-hmm. but this is the guy that's, this is a guy that is, he's, he's been very vocal about what he thinks this team can do and what yeah. to accomplish. But I don't think he's saying that in the sense of where he's trying to be arrogant. I think yeah. on your shoulder mentality, it's totally. Not, and which is something that you want, you want a, you want a dog. You know? Totally. He's got that dog in him. You want you want a guy like that,
2: and yeah.
1: To go up against those corners because the corners carry those same attitude. And I think his strength is kind of like the the the, the off season photos. He's another guy. His clearly he's clearly gotten stronger, but also his his slipperiness is something that is mm-hmm. there. there are plays where he's caught, especially you can look at that Michigan State game and even in Texas too, where he'll catch the ball maybe you know three yards past the line of scrimmage and he'll have a host of defenders around him, but he'll be able to slide off all three of them and get you an extra four or five Mm. yards. And I think if he's able to do that a couple more times this year and also keep that big play potential where, you know, you think of Washington State where the first play of the second half, boom, takes off for a 75-yard touchdown. (laughs) Crazy to think about. But if you're able to keep that, you know, where you're still, like Mm. you mentioned, getting those five to nine receptions a game and making a big impact. I mean, he's obviously a no doubt our top
2: 10 receiver in the nation as well. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. And I, I, you mentioned, obviously, the mentality thing. I think a lot of credit needs to go to the like personality management of Jamarcus Shepard. I think receivers can get a reputation for the diva side, but I think you look at this room and the talent that he's procured, Jamarcus Shepard, uh, I've started to implement it in my own work life, but I know that they keep track of like the softs. Do you remember this quote where they like, Like, if there's a soft play, whether it's on, like, blocking or, like, not finishing out a route, like, keeping tallies on things like that, like, I think little things like that have raised the accountability in the receiver room, and it's why I think you can have a room with a bunch of mouths to feed. Everyone takes a collective step forward. Um, So, yeah, I mean, obviously, Husky fans love Jamarcus Shepard, and I think for good reason. I think that's one of the many things that make him not only the talent that he brings in his recruiting element, but just the leadership and the way that he's like groomed the mentalities of his players. Yeah.
1: I think we got two more guys to talk about here too. And I think all these other two carry the same. I think as you mentioned, Jamarcus Shepard has done a great job of not only unifying this, this receiver room into a cohesive unit, but they've also instilled a mentality into them all, which has been, extremely uniform as well, but also it's one that's not necessarily it's it, it's the chip on your shoulder mentality, but work hard. Uh, you, you, that, that sort of, you know, it's a blue collar wide receiver room mentality where a lot of receiver rooms, you know, might be diva. You know, you can, you can kind of point to a number of different ones throughout the nation that have that, but this is just seems to be a more blue collar head down. We're going to grind. We're going to beat you. And we're going to do it with a chip on your shoulder mentality. Two more guys to talk about: um, Giles Jackson. Another one. Um, he's a guy who transferred from Michigan two years ago, um, and he can fill. He can play the slot and be on the outside as well. And people are talking about him um, this off also having made a big jump. Giles Jackson did have an inconsistent year last year, but he was he was he was very serviceable in a number of different areas on this football team. Luke, what do you think about Giles and what he's going to be able to bring to this
3: football team?
2: Yeah, I think Giles Jackson really fit into his role nicely. He wasn't necessarily featured. Obviously you have Roma Dunze and Jalen McMillan as kind of your headliners. Um, But 28 receptions is a respectable number. He's a guy that it feels like I'm trying to pull up the PFF numbers right now, but it feels like he finds like he has a knack for not only finding kind of soft spots, across the middle or underneath the defense, but it, it feels like he really knows what the line to gain is yes. and knows how to get like to keep those sticks moving. And when you have dynamic top end playmakers, having a guy like Giles Jackson as your third or fourth option that can be a safety blanket in extending drives is more than you can ask for from those pieces. So I think he's really carved a niche in this offense and, uh, and like is really kind of an unsung hero. What what do you have to say about Giles?
1: Yeah, I I really, especially towards the end of the season, I really liked what Giles um, brought to this table. I think I think one of the plays that that I you know I can think of regarding Giles Jackson is against is in the Washington State game, and Michael Penix takes a big hit in the backfield, um, and you know it's like third and fifteen, third and t- whatever. And kind of goes to all those points you mentioned too. He knows where the line is. he knows where the line to gain is, and he not the line to gain first down chain first down marker. And he knows how to find soft spots. He finds a perfectly perfect soft spot in the defense on the left side of the sideline. And Michael Penix throws a dart, a perfect pass to him. Gets draped by defenders, but comes up with it. Hangs on, moves the drive, keeps it going. Um, and I think those kind of plays really show his expertise really show his, you know his playmaking ability being a veteran I think a couple things that I'd like to see from him is a little bit more um, explosiveness within the return game I think Washington has to get better on the special teams and this year um, I think that's one of their biggest areas for improvement I'd love to see him get a little bit better there uh, just being a little bit more dynamic and you know returning because I think he is really shifty I just didn't think he navigated those waters too well last year. And then also, I think if you're able to provide, I think if Giles is able to get around, I hope, 35 receptions this year, I think that's a good mark for him. Um, and, you know, continuing to maintain over 10 yards um, per reception and c- continue to make those big plays and be just a good safety blanket, especially for those top three guys, and be ready to go if one of those three top three guys goes down because that does happen. Um, so he's got to be ready, and he's got to be able to have that chip on his shoulder and ready to – uh ready to attack if need be, but also just being a guy that can step up as, you know, obviously Taj Davis is gone and being able to come in on those big third and longs, be a second slot guy if needed, whatever it might be. Yeah. But then again,
2: just continuing the consistency that's been built. Certainly. One thing just to say, I was able to find the number. Uh, he had 28 receptions, 19 went for first downs and one touchdown. So that's pretty efficient in terms of it's drives it's alive it's and beautiful. finishing. Yes, and then last up, um,
1: Jalen Polk, another transfer, Texas Tech, a couple years ago, um, last se- or two seasons ago, he sat out almost the entire year with a shoulder injury that he suffered legit on the first play of the 2021 season against Montana, um, but came back to have a big play against Colorado and his only other game played that season. And then last season, really burst onto the scene, has a monster game against Michigan State has a monster game against Oregon, has another big game against Wazoo. And this is a guy that I feel like he is as explosive as it gets. It might not seem mm-hmm. like he is, but he can beat you downfield. And he's a guy that you just forget about when you're, you're you're thinking about where Jalen McMillan's going to be. You're thinking about Romo Dunsey's going to be, but Jalen Polk's a guy you don't want to mess around with either. And I think he, out of Every receiver in the room, he might have the biggest chip on his shoulder out of them, out of them all, honestly. And I think he really represents to a T what DeBoer is trying to build here within the program, attitude wise, at least. Mm -hmm. And for him, health is the most important thing this season. Mm -hmm. Um, Injuries have been a little bit of an issue, just, you know, different lingering stuff. But I think. Jalen Polk is a guy that I really love and I think can even take another step forward this next year. Had 41 receptions for 698 yards for 17 yards. Per reception. That, which is ridiculous. (laughs) I I think that can improve. I think that can improve a little bit. I think the big play threat's obviously going to be there, but being able to, um, I, I think, find, you know, those shorter yards per carry, you know, I think being able to help spread out the field a little bit. So help opens up that deep ball for him. Cause I think people are going to know that what he brings to the table now with that. So being able to find, you know, being able to unders um, in, in such, I think is important for him. Certainly.
2: Yeah. I like it. I went and looked it up and it, it feels different. You, like you mentioned 17 yards perception, his average depth on target was 16 yards last year, but it, it feels like it was about 75 yards downfield. Like it seems like every time he was targeted that it was just absolute bombs. I remember the opening play flea flicker to Jalen Polk against Texas. You have the, and one Noah Sewell pass interference against Oregon, the three touchdowns against Michigan state. Like he said, he is like, he is assignment accountability built in for the defenses that the Huskies are playing. Cause it's like, if you want to key in too much on Roma Dunze and Jalen McMillan, like Michael Penix is going to find Jalen Polk deep downfield. Um, So he's a guy, like you mentioned, huge home run threat. And I think that they like him in that role. If there's a way that they can optimize some of the efficiency on that and just connect either on more of those targets, or if he can sprinkle in more, like you said, underneath just to climb up maybe above that 50 reception number and get to close to 800 yards, I think that that'd be a big step up. But in terms of being a home run threat that isn't one of your like two really highly touted NFL prospect receivers is a luxury that most schools don't have. And also like you mentioned, I, I think there's just numerous stories from both the coach Lake coaching staff as well as this coaching staff about him being like an early to arrive, late to leave kind of day in, day in, out grinder. Yes, That is super awesome. I couldn't agree more. With that assessment there, and I, I I do
1: think he's one of not only one of the more underrated receivers in the conference, but probably the nation as well. I think he's he's really in a third receiver. He's an easy second receiver on most teams, and he's exceptional. He's exceptional. Uh, So being you know being able to have really a starting receiving core of Ham, Jalen McMillan, Roba Dunzi is an extreme luxury that many teams. Don't have, mm-hmm. and I guess with that too, you know, obviously everybody knows that this is a luxury based on last season. What as a whole, as a group, you know, what do you what are you expecting for, for this next season to kind of tie a bow on it?
2: Gosh, you know, I think again, Washington was one of the top passing offenses in the country, and I, I think you'd expect them to not miss a beat in that category. Uh, obviously, if you can get thirteen games full games out of Roma Dunze. I think that's even more production there Um, although they lose Taj Davis they add interesting players like Jeremy Bernard another season Mm -hmm. under the belt for Denzel Boston Um, so again similar to the running backs that we talked about earlier I think the floor doesn't change it's hard to say that it's higher because of how good it was last year but I do I do genuinely think I mean obviously there's Ohio State as well but I think you have an argument that Washington is easily within the top three passing offenses in receiving rooms in the country. Right. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it's hard to overstate the expectations for this team, but they're through the roof, I think, yeah. in the receiver room. Exactly. Jack, you be able to articulate it a little more professionally than I just did. I, I, think, I think the receiving room's expectations are pretty clear cut. I think
1: everybody kind of knows and is well aware of what this team yeah. is. I mean, outside of Ohio State, I think the only other team that can compare them is probably Florida State with Keon Coleman yeah. and Wilson. But I think what's different about this year compared to last year is the talent depth. I think the progression of Denzel Boston and the addition of Jeremy Bernard, while hopefully seeing Giles Jackson improve a little bit, is, is something that, you know, last year – I mean, obviously, last year couldn't have gone almost any better. But I think the ceiling is just a hedge higher – this year, because of because of that, and I think you can somehow see more production from this room than last year. I mean, I think their floor is pretty safe as Certainly. long, as, no, not barring injuries, of course. Um, yeah, and this is by far the best room on the enti- best position
2: group on the entire team, for sure. Yeah, I mean, if you just think about it, in terms of last year, they have 22 receptions to replace 21 from Taj Davis and one from Junior Alexander, um, and I think you should feel confident about their ability to replace that production, whether yeah, it's between, it's right. That's what I'm saying, but at least yeah. re- replace it with Jeremy Bernard, Denzel Boston taking another yeah. year. And then not only that, but I mean, each of these guys, obviously it's hard to project more expectations on like the Rome's and Jalens of the world, but they each had another year with Jamarcus Shepard in this offense to continue their own development as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so all those things said, yeah, like you said, I think it's pretty clear cut. You expect a lot from this group, um, and if Washington is going to improve on a, an eleven and two season, like the, it, it's going to be because they're the premier, if not like if not the premier one of the premier, premier West Coast offenses and like offenses in the entire. Yeah. Country.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think just improving a little bit more on the couple of the little things that drops, maybe a little bit more on the consistency and whatnot. Um, but other than that, I mean, <laughs> it's like it's like it's like looking at a skyscraper and you're like, all right, which floor are you at? How much you know you're at? You're almost at the penthouse. You yeah, you can't go
2: any higher really. But somehow this group. Yeah, you talked penthouse. about finishing though, and some of this comes back also to. Michael Penix, who obviously had a fantastic year, but it's easy to remember in the Oregon and Washington State games, games they both ended up winning. There were fourth quarter, first and goal interceptions thrown, Mm -hmm. right? So I think finishing is something in general that as good as Washington's offense was last year can take a step forward. And a lot of times you think of that coming on the ground, but when you have playmakers like this in the receiving room, not only is it like, can you find a way to find someone open and not force... Penix into making a tough throw like that, but it's also like, I don't know, maybe can you house one from 30 yards out so you don't have to keep extending these, you know what I mean? And things like that. Like
1: where you have to, you know, f- finishing is such a, uh, you know, I guess dated, you know, more tedious Yeah. To say, but you have to be able to keep your creativity in what they did as well too. So Certainly. Like, maintaining that, but like improving on some of the little things, you know, just smaller, little. Totally. That are stepping stones to
2: help cap off drives and add a couple more points and such. Totally. Yeah. I, I feel like we're really going overtime now, but I mean, you think yeah. about like, uh, there are really tough teams that Washington will play this year, Oregon, mm-hmm. USC, Utah, teams like that, um, that can go toe for toe talent wise with, with Washington. But some of the opponents that might not have as easy of a time hanging with these teams are going to be content to let Michael Penix throw the ball 55 times and just say, "Don't burn us for 50 yards," and then just yeah. make them finish. You so it's like, can you make it a, Can you make someone miss in the open field and turn like a dig into a 40-yard touchdown? You know, I think those are the things that you can see improvement from. I know Jamarcus Shepard is big on the yards in the air, and mine yards on the ground or yours or after the catch. Yeah. So can the Huskies take a step up there? I think that's one thing that you start to look at. But at that point, you're you're picking nits. But also going from eleven and two to that next step, it is a lot of small things.
1: It is, it is, and I think you know, kind of like you said, it's you know those a those 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 duds can't happen. The UCLA's in the Arizona State's, where it's where it's like you yeah. see flashes, but you know it's it's kind of like we're like you just exemplified right there. They're gonna let you burn. You got to be able to com- keep that communication consistency, and I think. The identity of this team, as we've kind of talked about, is that blue collar. You're wearing your hard hat, and you're you're gonna ha- have a chip on your shoulder. You got to be able to keep those through those big games. When you're like, all right, we're four zero. We're heading down to Tucson before a big game, uh, or you know, before you return home for yeah opening conference by home. You got to be able to just say, all right, we just you know we scored fifty on them last year. You know, it's not gonna be. You can't think it's a walk in the. You got to be able to keep that yeah that same drive, that same mentality. And I think based on last year and what their expectations on this year. I don't foresee that being a problem, but it's always it happens. It
2: happens. It's college football. Yeah, dang! I'm gonna have our time sleeping. <laughs> I'm so excited.
1: I could run through a wall right now. I think <laughs>
2: yeah, gosh, dude. Yeah, exciting stuff, Jack. Anything else that we haven't covered to wrap up here? I think I think on this position
1: group, especially, I think the I think the expectations are clear as day. Honestly, uh, the national when you're getting national recognition on a position group that's comparable to. Ohio State. Not only just the name, but the guy, like Marvin Harrison's, might be the best receiver that's came out of that place since, and and in, I don't maybe ever, maybe honestly by but by what people have been saying, and so to have your name even tossed in that realm or like as a step below that is speaks for itself, and I think if Washington's able to, to be able to keep that and being able to capitalize on what they built last year and continue some consistency while adding a little bit more flavor that they brought last year i mean this this room is going to be i don't know how you stop it
2: yeah man well exciting times ahead on montlake we'll be continuing with position previews as we enter into fall camp um until then that's jack mccauley i'm luke munger go dogs <laughs>